Hi, it's Sarah. Brooke and I are taking a short break from recording new episodes to catch up on our reading lists and plan for the next season of Clued in Mystery. While we're off, we are re-releasing a few of our favorite episodes. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to Clued in Mystery. I'm Sarah. And I'm Brooke. And we both love mystery. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. It's always good to talk to you about mysteries. I can't wait. And today we're talking about uh, a bit of a departure from what we've been talking about in previous episodes. We're talking about mysteries on TV today. That's right. Yeah. So not only is mystery one of the most popular genres in books, it's also one of the top picks for television viewers. Some of the longest running TV series ever reside in the category. Some examples are Poirot, Columbo, Murder, She Wrote, Midsummer Murders, Law and Order, The X-Files, and Doctor Who. Only soap operas beat mystery in the list of longest running series. The very first mystery show to hit TV was called Telecrime. It was a British drama series by the BBC and started in 1938 and initially ran for just one year due to the beginning of World War II. But it resumed again in 1946 for a total of 17 episodes. It was one of the first multi-episode drama series ever made, and it also was one of the first TV dramas written specifically for television, not adapted from a theater or radio presentation. It was a whodunit crime drama, and it honored the notion of fair play that we've discussed before because it showed the viewer enough evidence in each episode to solve the crime themselves if they were paying close enough attention. Unfortunately, all 17 episodes have been lost to time because the show aired live and technology to preserve live shows had not been perfected. The crime dramas we love today are still based on that classic whodunit style detailed in telecrime and then made world famous in the boom of the 1950s and 60s with popular shows such as Dragnet, Policewoman, and I Spy. Honestly, when we start to think about all the TV mysteries we've loved over the years, the list seems endless and ever-growing. In fact, the 2020s are proving to be a time of renaissance for mystery TV. A recent article by Crime Reads listed their favorites from 2022, and Sarah and I had to admit that we hadn't heard of most of them, letting us know that we will never run short of great mystery shows to watch. Just like the subgenres of mystery books we've discussed over multiple episodes of the podcast, the topic of TV mysteries will surely stretch into many conversations. But today, we'll share some of our all-time favorite shows, what we've enjoyed watching lately, and talk about what we think makes a great TV mystery series. Oh, thanks for that, Brooke. I had never heard of telecrime before, and I'm so disappointed that no episodes remain because it sounds like it was pretty neat. So recorded live, Mm -hmm. written specifically for TV. It was probably, yeah. I had never heard of it either and was very impressed because I think that uh, my, obviously my television history is a little skewed because I couldn't believe that there were television shows being produced in 38 and 39. So um, yeah, 
really fascinating. And as you say, like the list of, of excellent um, mystery shows is, is quite long. Uh, and I was thinking about, um, thinking about this, there's kind of like when I'm reading, I also do a bit of mood watching, right? So sometimes I'll watch something that I know is like a little bit over the top, a little bit campy, but it's, you know, not going to be too heavy. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I'll choose to watch something that is, you know, a little grittier and a little, there's a lot that um, viewers can can choose from. And, And just like when you're reading books, there's kind of something for everyone, I think. Definitely. Yeah. And hits a lot of the same subgenres that we've talked about, right? You know, there's the spies, there's the police procedurals, there's the medical mysteries. They're definitely, or like you say, more the cozy, campy mysteries. There's there's just really so much variety. And I was thinking that, you know, with the soap operas actually outliving, um, some of the soap operas are 50 or 60 years running, but, um, there are a lot of those drama elements in those long running mystery series as well. So I think that where those two um, genres intersect, where you have maybe the overarching story involved with mystery as well is where you have those series that are just uh, enduring and um, become favorites for years and years. Um, I was reflecting on this a little bit about kind of what I watch versus what I read. And there is definitely some overlap, but there's, there are some things that I watch more of rather than read. So like the heavier, grittier stuff, I will watch that more than I will read that. Um, And I think domestic thrillers, I'm, I tend to be more comfortable reading rather than watching, although I have watched, um, I have watched some, and certainly if I've read the book, then, then, um, you know, if there's a series based on it or a movie, then I'll, I'll watch that. Um, but I probably re watch, sorry, I probably watch more of the lighter, cozier, campier shows than read, which I think is really interesting. It is interesting. I think that I have similar patterns. Um, It's funny because I can remember as a really young kid, my dad always watched the show Quincy, which um, was actually aired in Canada first, and then it came to the US. And it um, was kind of like an early house. You know, it was a, it was a forensic. It was medical, right? Yeah. Like a forensic, he was a, um, maybe a coroner or a medical examiner and there was but there was these mysteries that he was solving the way the person died um and i don't know if it's because i watched those so young with him or um if it's just a, a matter of taste but i will really get into like a forensic tv mystery but that's not something that i would pick up as a book so um so i mm. i can see some of those those preferences in myself as well. I feel like I do probably more uh, TV shows that are um, also set in the courtroom, like a law and order or another show I liked a lot was the practice um, more so on TV than I would read in books as well. So, so that's really interesting the way we kind of have divide those up. It is interesting. And I, you know, I smiled when you were talking about, um, you know, your dad watching Quincy. So um, I remember my dad watched um, Magnum Mm P.I. when 
when that came out. So that was, I think, in the early 80s, right? Um, it's been a long time, but I don't know if I could watch an episode of that now because of the way that television mystery has evolved. Like revisiting some of those older shows, I think we have some nostalgia for, but I, I, I'm not sure if they stand the test of time. And I have to say, I haven't, I haven't watched a Magnum PI episode, so it, maybe it does stand the test of time. And they did reboot it, I think, but I didn't watch any of the, of the reboot. Um, it definitely, I think Magnum PI was probably the first of the, um, television mysteries that I was exposed to. Well, it's funny you should say that because, you know, when all the streaming opportunities came along, a series that I was just absolutely in love with, um, I was probably too young to be watching it, but because it, uh, Moonlighting is the series and it ran from 85 to 89. Um, so that put me in like fifth, sixth grade when it came about. And of course it's like, there's like a lot of like uh, romantic tension going on, but anyway, I loved it. I loved the banter. I loved the mysteries. Um, and so when the streaming opportunities came along in the last few years, I'm like, this is awesome. I can rewatch Moonlighting. This is going to be great. And I literally got through like two episodes and had this thought like it's ruining it for me it's completely ruining the uh the fond memories because it's really you know like you say it just hasn't stood the test of time now definitely you can still i think as a storyteller look at the way they constructed the um the episodes as far as like the story arc and the solution to the crime the way they drop the clues the, the witty banter is still somewhat fun, but um, it's kind of hard to go back and watch those 1980s TV shows, I'll agree. So you, in the introduction, mentioned X-Files, which I had on my list as as um, something that I enjoyed watching, uh, you know, mystery themed. Um, and that's another example of something that I don't read a lot of, like kind of the paranormal mysteries, but I loved the X-Files, partly, I think, because it was filmed in Vancouver, the first few series, uh, first few seasons, rather, um, were filmed in Vancouver. And I will watch almost anything <laughs> that's filmed in, in Vancouver. <laughs> um, so I was in high school, I think, when, when that came out, and I just absolutely loved it. Um, and then since then, there's, you know, some other sort of paranormal um, mysteries that I've enjoyed. So. Um, I Zombie, which was, it was actually based on a comic, um, also filmed in Vancouver. Um, and, uh, but it, it, so that is a bit paranormal, right? She's a, she's a zombie, um, solving mysteries. Um, but it's also, I think a bit targeted at a younger audience. Like it's a bit more YA if you were, um, putting it in a book category. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like you, I don't, read much um paranormal but will watch it in a series and you know i have to reference the currently popular wednesday like that probably wouldn't have been a storyline that would have been appealing to me in a book it was a really fun show that has that paranormal uh solution to it uh which again isn't going to be something that i really love in my fiction reading but it's fun on TV. And part of that has to have a 
part to play in the visualness of it. I think, you know, when you can see it on the screen and you have the special effects, I mean, that just adds to the experience for me. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't watched Wednesday, but, um, I think it's something that, um, I probably would enjoy. Um, is it, is it a, a targeted at a younger audience? Cause like, you know, Wednesday obviously is a, a younger character. I would, I would classify it as a YA mystery. Yeah. The most, you know, the, all the characters are predominantly high school aged kids. Um, I am going to go out on a limb. I, so I will wait and see what you think after you watch it, because to me, it's a reboot of Veronica Mars. It's the goth girl, Veronica Mars. So, um, and of course, Veronica Mars did not have, um, any paranormal uh, elements, but when you put the goth and the Adams family in, then that's where that comes together. But we've got the outcast girl, the snarky remarks, obviously very intelligent. Um, even the first episode where um, Veronica saves the boy from the bullies, uh, we have Wednesday saving her brother Pugsley from a bunch of bullies. I mean, there's, there's a lot of similarities to me. So after you get a chance to watch it, we'll have to do a comparison conversation, Sarah. Okay, definitely. Cause I loved Veronica Mars. Um, and, uh, I, I have rewatched some of, some of that. Cause I just, yeah, I thought it was so, so excellent. Did you end up watching in 2019, they did a reboot and Kristen Bell was in it apparently, but I have not watched it. Have you watched the new season? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was good. So it's set, um, about a decade after the third of the original seasons, or maybe it's a decade after the movie. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I did. I, I did watch that. And I looked up because I wasn't sure if Veronica Mars was based originally on books or um, if it was, you know, written, written for TV. Uh, and I think it was written for TV. But there were a couple of books that were written by the show creator as part of the uh, he considers them canon. Um, uh, as, as part of the show. So I, I haven't read those books, but I might, um, I might go back and uh, maybe start, start Veronica Mars again, and then read the books kind of where he, where he thinks they, they belong. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely, Veronica Mars is one of my, one of my favorite of the mystery TV shows. Yeah. And I feel like it much like I feel like we're in a little bit of a mystery renaissance right now with film and TV. I feel like that was also a kickoff of another one. Um, You know, it brought a lot of kids uh, into the genre because it was it, it was, in my opinion, probably one of the first YA mystery shows. I don't remember anything before where the sleuth was a teenager um, on television. Um, I mean, I guess we have Scooby-Doo, which. I reference probably too often, but, uh, but I think that it really brought a whole new generation into the idea of, of, uh, amateur sleuths and solving crimes. So it was a great, great series. Yeah. I think, I think you're probably right. And, you know, Veronica Mars is a bit of a, um, evolution from Nancy Drew. Yes. Right. Very true. Um, and I I know there was a Nancy Drew TV show 
couple of years ago, but uh, it, but it might not have been the first. I'm sure there was other Nancy Drew um, TV uh, TV episodes, um, but I'm not sure. I only watched actually one or two of the um, the more recent version, and I can't remember why that was. But I think there's also a Hardy Boys show, but I haven't seen that. And I think we should do at some point a whole episode on Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys. One show that I wanted to mention was uh, a show called Da Vinci's Inquest. Um, so it's uh, a medical, uh, no, sorry. Um, so it's uh, a coroner investigating deaths. Uh, and it's actually based on an actual coroner. So again, <laughs> it's set in Vancouver, it's filmed in Vancouver, and um yeah, the series was um, was done by CBC, which is our national broadcaster. And uh, I I don't know, I actually didn't get a chance to look up to see if it's available on streaming. And it may be streaming outside of Canada, because I think there's, you know, often some different um, different options depending on, on where you're living. Um, but I really enjoyed that. So it was in the, I'm going to say late 90s, early 2000s that it was on. Um, and uh, so in real life, this coroner ran for mayor and became the mayor of Vancouver. Uh, and in the show, they had a parallel thing happen where the um, uh, the the coroner ran for mayor and became the mayor. And so then they did a, a whole other, I, I think it was only one or two seasons, but it was called Da Vinci's City Hall. And it was more about... Um, um, him being mayor. And I don't remember if I, I don't think I've actually seen any of those, but I really, so I don't know if those have a mystery element as well, but certainly the, the, um, uh, Da Vinci's, Da Vinci's inquest definitely, uh, had it, had a mystery element. And I, I really enjoyed that. That is just fascinating. I don't know that I can think of any other examples where, um, you know, a fictional TV show is that intertwined with real life. So that is great. I would love to know what his opinion of the show was. Yeah, you know what? I I, I don't know. Um, I'm sure we could we could look it up. I feel like the Brits do a really great job on um, mystery television shows. And one that is very contemporary and current that I'll just reference is the Miss Scarlet series that I believe started in 2020. And it's, it's just so well done, so... Um, exactly what you would expect from an amazing PBS series. And so um, if you haven't checked out Miss Scarlet, it's a great mystery series that I think that you would love. I haven't seen that. I don't think I've even heard of it, um, which kind of goes back to what you were saying at the beginning that like, there's just so much. And in mm -hmm. that Crime Reads article, you know, there were a bunch that um, I hadn't encountered. Um, but I agree. I think, um, there's some really great uh, shows that come out of out of the UK, um, and you know there's several that are based on books, so Shetland or Wallander, um, mm -hmm. as well as uh, so this is a spy series that is um, uh, on Apple TV called Slow Horses, um, and so that was actually something that we watched over the the Christmas break. Um, was the second um, season of that. And oh, I think it's excellent. Um, and then just even Midsummer Murders, which I think is, you know, it, it, it's pretty light, but that, you know, English village, mm -hmm. people dropping around, dro people dropping dead around you kind of <laughs> um, 
uh, show. I, I, you know, I, I really enjoy Midsummer Murders and, and there's a lot of episodes of that. Um, as well as uh, Morse and the spinoff of that Lewis and then the spinoff of that Endeavor, um, which are all based, well, Morse is um, based on on a series of books. Um, and, you know, I think those are those are pretty great to watch as well. Yeah. And those would be new to me. I think one thing that is really expanding that is all the different platforms. Like you referenced Apple TV and they know you might have Netflix productions and Hulu's making shows and, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, So that really opens up uh, writers and producers to uh, make all these different series. So the the smorgasbord is there for, for the taking. It's no wonder that we haven't heard of some of these because there's, it's just, it's growing by leaps and bounds. Oh, totally. It's, it's hard as a viewer to keep up with it. Um, I mean, I only have so much time that I can sit down and, and watch something anyway. Right. Um, but, uh, and another example of that is, uh, only murders in the building. Yes. Which I, finally get to partake in because I have officially got my Hulu subscription. So that is something that I actually thought I was going to start over Christmas break, but um, it's, it's still coming and I cannot wait. I've seen the first episode and um, it's going to just be fantastic. I can tell the, and you know, so many things come down to characters for me and the three of them as an ensemble cast, just, it just seems great. Yeah, I think I think you'll love it. And I look forward to talking about it with you because that I think if I had to pick would probably be one of my favorite of the kind of more recent um, series that's that's been released. I think, yeah, it's um, it's excellent. And I, I hope that there there's going to be another season because, um, as you say, the, the three of them, they just they do so well together. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of bringing back some of these, um, you know, classic actors, people who um, maybe haven't been, you know, Martin Short and Steve Martin maybe haven't been doing TV for for many, many years. And then um, in bringing them back in something like this and having it be such a success, it's just kind of heartwarming. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I have one other recommendation, um, and this is spy, you know, in the, in the spy genre and also comes out of the UK. Um, and that is spooks. Uh, so, and I can't remember, I think in the UK, it may have aired as, um, MI5, but, um, over here, it was available to stream as spooks, I think. Um, and so it is, as the name suggests, about spies. And so it's that, you know, international spy thriller and spy craft. And, and uh, it's largely set domestically, but there's, you know, obviously um, some international um, characters who are involved. And I, I really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed that. Yeah, that sounds great. You are our uh, spy mystery expert on the show because you you really know a lot about that genre and also international mysteries so that's that sounds really good and i thought i would just cap off by bringing up the woman in the window across the street from the girl in the window so we have this spoof on the genre which i uh, and we also have christian Kristen bell uh, coming back from her Veronica Mars days. I thought it was a really, really fun show. I loved the way that it poked fun at 
the genre at some of the um, tropes that really are pretty worn out. And so that was a lot of fun. But I have to admit, and I won't make any spoilers here, but I have to admit that I hated the ending. I don't know what else to say because I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. So I reluctantly watched this because I thought, I don't, I love the mystery genre so much. I I don't want to watch something that is making fun of it. So it was it was with some reservation that that I watched it, but I actually loved it. I you know, I I thought it was just the right amount of um poking fun at the genre. Uh and there was a mystery element and and so you know, it, mm-hmm. it was um it it was it was it was really really well done. Um and I'm trying to remember what the um, conclusion was, uh, so maybe I'll have to rewatch it so that I can, um, <laughs> so that we can have that conversation. <laughs> Cause that's, that is one of my problems is that I so rarely retain what the solution to whatever I've watched or whatever I've read is. I remember enjoying the experience of watching or reading, but I don't always remember what the, um, what the solution was, which means that I can go back and rewatch things that I really enjoyed and enjoy them again. That's what I was going to say. I don't think it's a drawback because we're able to rewatch or reread because we, we've lost that somewhere along the line. I'll usually think, Oh, I kind of think we watched a movie last weekend. And I said, I think I've seen this before. And so my husband offered, well, we can turn it off. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. I'm still, I'll be able to uh, still enjoy it. And I did. And it still surprised me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I have the same experience. (laughs) I think it's a fallout from consuming a lot. You know, if I only watched one movie a month or whatever, or read one book a month, or it may, but we consume a lot of mysteries, Sarah. So um, I think that that is, is a, is a side effect of that. I agree. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for this great conversation. It was so much fun to talk about um, TV mysteries that we've enjoyed. Yeah. And I think that this will be the first in many conversations. Maybe we'll pick a genre or pick a time era and do a little deeper dive into TV sometime, Sarah. That sounds great. So thank you everyone for joining us today on another episode of Clued in Mystery. I'm Brooke. And I'm Sarah. And we both love mystery. Clued in Mystery is produced by Brooke Peterson and Sarah M. Stephen. Music is by Shane Ivers at silvermansound.com. Visit us online at cluedinmystery.com or social media at cluedinmystery. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, or telling your friends.